Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I believe that if you're going to wear a Leafs jersey you should, with a name on it, you should at least wear a Leafs jersey with a name on it from somebody who actually helped them win a Stanley Cup. Wow. This, this is my new opinion. So I've done a little research. I'm All right. Going back to the 1967 Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, there's some big names. George Armstrong. Yeah, Paul Henderson. Frank Mahovlich. Uh, who else did Norm Allman was on that team? Uh, Timmy Horton was a part Ron of that Ellis. Team. You see some of his jerseys yeah. uh, around. And of course, Johnny Bauer. Dave Keon. Yeah. But I decided I'm going with Pete Stemkowski. <laughs> I like the name Stemkowski. <laughs> and that's my guy. Solid, solid number. Yeah. It's Salming's number, right? Yeah. He was a center. 6 1 out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Pete Stemkowski. Right. So. I'm going to make a commitment, but I won't keep it. I have a Tavares lease jersey. I, you know, me, the guy who says I could care less, I right. do in my closet at home have an official Tavares jersey. Do you really? I won it at some silent auction. I'm assuming you didn't go buy it. Yeah. I've, asked, I've asked Maria to wear it a few times, but to no avail. <laughs> Anyhow, what's Tavares ever done for me? So I'm thinking... Uh, if they make it to the Stanley Cup final, I will have the name Tavares removed right. and put Stemkowski on it. Okay, you don't need to change the nine to a two. Might look a little odd. All right. Okay, maybe I'll keep the Tavares jersey and still try to get Maria to wear it. <laughs> but I'll go get a new jersey <laughs> and I'll put Stemkowski on the back. Right. I. The problem with your theory is, like, it has been 19 years since the Leafs won a playoff round. Right. Like, 2004. You think about that. Mm-hmm. 2004 versus the Senators. It's brutal. Like, it really is crazy. So you can understand why, you know, those who watched them into the early 90s that are still wearing the Clark and Gilmore mm-hmm. jerseys have, you know, not gone to get new ones since then. Yeah, and listen, for the longest time, uh, because I was such a fan, as so many of us were, of that early 90s uh, run, I was fine with seeing somebody wear a Wendell Clark jersey or a Doug Gilmore, but now I've given it some real thought, and I think we should only honor those who took us to the promised land. So if I'm going with Stemkowski, Lucky, who, whose jersey, you, what name are you going with? Going with a Mahavlage, a Horton? Uh, well, I mean, I like a, I like a donut. Um, <laughs> well, you do. I've we can tell. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, if I was a goalie, I'd go with the Johnny Bauer. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. That's a, that's a, that's a classic. I, and part of the problem too is, you know, when people were buying these jerseys, mm. it was like a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. right? Now, tough to put it like a three hundred dollar investment in on a on an actual jersey, and then just... get it stamped with your name on it. I would just love to see somebody walking through the Scotiabank Arena with Stemkowski on the back of a jersey. <laughs> what if a family member, what if a great-great-grandchild of Pete Stemkowski saw that? Right. What an honor. It would be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how good of a player he was. I don't know his stats. Right. I think he was rocking a good lid back in the day. His photo looks like he, uh... yeah, I think he had a pretty good head of hair there. Anyhow, uh, I'm going, and... He was born in 1943, but uh, one day after you, August 25th. Okay. Maybe we should get matching Stemkowski jerseys and walk around together. (laughs) Walk about the town.
That would be a good look. Uh, I, I was shocked. Honestly, uh, and I think most Leaf fans were last night. I was completely shocked that they won that thing. I was heading to bed after period two. I loved after the game. I I had to before bed just have to go look on some social media to see how many Leaf fans bailed. Mm. And there were tons who were just screaming at their keyboards yeah. uh, as they typed away that this was it. Leafs were blowing it. The power play was awful. They would never put things together. Yeah. And they were shutting it down. Go Jays, go, I saw. <laughs> like, my goodness. Yeah. And then to read the comments later, and I know they didn't shut their TVs off. Leaf fans are too much of idiots. So they'll go and they'll, while they'll piss and moan online about it, they're still going to watch. Uh, but there probably were a few that missed the end of that game. What uh, what kind of return could you see on a wager that uh, the Leafs wrap this up on Thursday night? If I went and dropped twenty bucks on a Leafs win Thursday, well, it night, wouldn't be good now. But the odds, the odds have to be the, the odds have to be high. Oh no, they were the they, they were the team believed to win this. Thing, yeah, they right? were the favorite. They were the favorite. I, you know what? I'm still thinking with my Leaf brain. Right. That there's not a chance they can pull this out. <laughs> you think they're, they're going to be underdogs at home to, yeah, to, I think to so. win round I one? I think this is still going seven games. <laughs> I don't trust them to be able to do this. Oh, but could you imagine? Do you, do, you, do you think they can do this Thursday night? Uh, I mean, I originally said Leafs in six. Mm-hmm. So that would, uh, that would say Saturday night in Tampa is where they would wrap it mm-hmm. up. Uh, can they do it? Yes, but at the same time, if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you've played two very good games where you deserve to win mm-hmm. uh, and were beat late, very late. Uh, so can they hang on? I said earlier in this series, the loss of, of Hedman and Chernak was big. Hedman yeah. back, but he's still not at 100%. And and the Leaf, or sorry, the Lightning defense core is a real issue for them. They're playing uh, serious minutes uh, you know, where they're not normally guys who play that kind of minutes right. and you're seeing at the end of games that's coming back to haunt them right now, now uh, is it is it a bit of a mind hump for tampa that they've lost these two the way they have so they're going to be jittery or is it could the least be like well we've had we've gotten lucky two in a row we can't possibly get lucky Three in a row i think the fact that it's been close and the tampa's been the better team gives them a lot of uh of, I guess emphasis going into mm-hmm. to game five that they can still do this and that they're not done mm. yet. Um, had they been blown out three games in a row right. or the last you know, three, then then that would be different. You know, if they were all seven two finals, then perhaps they would have just folded in and said, "Hey, we just don't have the horses this year to get this job done." Right. I don't think that's the case in this one. They also are very well aware, having beat the, the Leafs last year, that the Leafs are not a good pressure team or have past history, recent history will tell you that mm-hmm. the Leafs have not held up. And I always go back to I remember DJ Smith telling me once that that the hardest thing to do is to end a team's season. Mm. That final win is as hard as as any that you'll come by because teams don't want to to lose. They don't want to certainly don't want to be embarrassed and they don't want to lose like that. And this Tampa Bay team has been to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row. They don't want that streak to end. They're going to bring it with everything they've got on Thursday. Go Pete Stimkowski. That's what I say.
Ryan Reynolds, he's a good guy. He fulfilled the dying wish of a 45-year-old Wrexham fan. Is that the name of the soccer club? Wrexham, yeah. Wrexham. Uh, he fulfilled the dying wish of a 45-year-old fan uh, who has terminal cancer. He met with him and his family at a game on Saturday. Ryan said, it was amazing to meet this gentleman. His name is Jay Fear. He says, it was amazing to meet Jay. He says, I wonder if I'd have the same unwavering joy if our roles were reversed. He's an exceptional person and his family is wonderful. I get a little choked up talking to him and feeling how much his kids and wife are going to miss him. Ryan gave Jay a signed glove from Deadpool 2 and invited the family to visit the set of Deadpool 3 in London once filming starts in a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. That was good of him. Um, you ever watch Dancing with the Stars? Was there ever something you and Adrian ever Uh We heard? did originally when it first started out. Yeah. Yeah, Len passed away. Yeah, 79 years old. He uh, came from a background. He was a professional dancer and instructor his entire career. He started off on a British show called Strictly Come Dancing. That debuted in 2004, and he stayed with that until 2016. Dancing with the Stars is the American version, and he was on it from its launch uh, in 2005 until just last year. He retired in 2022, saying he uh, just wanted to spend more time with his family. Oh, man. Yeah. He retired and died a year. Yeah, now maybe he knew he was sick, and maybe that's why he Could retired. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah, we watched it in the first couple of years when it was actually Dancing with the Stars. Now, <laughs> <laughs> it's Dancing with a various assortment of people Yeah, from the D-list. It's an odd collection. Uh, Nicholas Cage remembers working his way out of $6 million in debt. Wow. Um he uh, says he was overinvested in real estate, and when the market crashed, he just couldn't get out in time. Um, he did. Uh, he did pay it all back. He didn't declare bankruptcy. Instead, he worked and worked and worked. Some of the movies were, let's just say, less than amazing. But he agrees and says, you know, work was always my guardian angel. It may not have been a blue chip, but it was still work. Cage would also like you to know that he always gave it his all no matter what. Even if the movie ultimately is crummy, they know I'm not phoning it in and that I care every time. He was great in that, uh, the documentary on the F word. Right, on yes. Netflix. He yep. was terrific hosting that. Harrison Ford says that uh, the Dial of Destiny will be his last appearance as Indiana Jones. Okay. Not only is it going to be his last Indiana Jones appearance, it basically seems like he's calling it a career after this. He's going to retire from acting. He says, this is the final film in the series, and this is the last time I'll play the character. I anticipate it'll be the last time that I appear in a film. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it from the uh, action standpoint, mm -hmm. but you, know, you would have thought there's maybe another role for him somewhere. Although, listen, <laughs> just pointed out with Len Goodman, yeah, retire and enjoy. Yeah. yeah, take what you got. It worked a long time for it. And it hits theaters June 30th. You know, there are people who just can't let stuff go. Sammy Hagar is still talking smack about David Lee Roth. Let, let it go. He was unloading on Roth during a podcast. He said he praised Roth's showmanship and said his early stuff was freaking great. But he added he just doesn't care about singing. If he did, he'd take care of his voice or he'd take voice lessons and get warmed up and do something. Because the guy sang so bad last time he was doing shows, it was embarrassing. He also says that touring with Roth was hell. He's not a fun guy. He doesn't play well with others. I'm not sure what his problem is. He said, I thought he'd be a fun guy to know, but he ain't like that. He ain't like his persona. When you get around him, he ain't that guy. He's some other cat. Mm. 
Well, we heard the audio too. From it was bad. Timmy <laughs> <laughs> isn't necessarily wrong. No, but the, the problem is, and this happens with a lot of these podcasts, is that you know, depending on which one it is, guys can forget that it actually is mm-hmm. heard somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Or that it's on the record. <laughs> yeah, it, it can seem very casual and uh, you know, just a basement conversation. But then it lasts. It's on it the does. internet. It's got staying power. Well, and a perfect example of that is Bill Maher's uh, Club Random, where a lot of times the people who join them don't even know they're being. They're like ten minutes in, and they're like, "Are we? Have we started?" Is right. This, yeah. Speaking of Bill Maher, you, you have to go see his most recent with Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> it is the strangest thing. Now, Richard Dreyfus, a big movie star, massive movies he's been in the seventies. Out there as of late, though. Yeah, but he's—he's. He's, I don't even know how old he is now, but he's getting up there, certainly. But it's the weirdest thing because he can't sit in a chair. He keeps sliding out of it. Well, one—I I mean, it's—it's it's not a regular chair. It's a big puffy thing. It's a—it's a big lounger. Yeah. And and Richard's got about three extra pillows propping up his back, but because of it, it slides his arse forward i think yeah at one point and what what's the strangest part of all of this is that at no point does bill maher stop i know nobody does like like Dreyfus is literally lying on the floor at one point there's a couple like, of angle shots from behind him you can't all you see is the back of his balding yeah, like, head like he's falling out of the chair yeah. and, and bill at no point stops the conversation to say hey all right <laughs> can I help you up? Can I help you up? You want to? You really want to continue this? Because they're not seeing eye to eye anymore. No, and 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 and, and I know they're, they're drunk, and Bill's high throughout this whole thing. That's oh part yeah, of it. that's part of it. But it, even Dreyfus doesn't even like acknowledge. Hey, I'm really struggling with this chair. Can we get me another chair? <laughs> and at some point, he's carrying on a conversation with his arms up over his head yeah. on the armrests. Yeah, it, it really a, con- okay. a conversation about incest. By the way, it was really it, weird. It really went all over the place. It was very strange. A lot of discussion. Old men discussing masturbation is a little odd. Anyhow, uh, I loved Richard Dreyfuss. I've always thought he was a terrific actor. And I think he is retired as well. But it's so strange. And and even nobody on the crew. Like, there is a crew there. <laughs> you would think Dreyfus has some people. Like, a, like some, someone like uh, rep there somewhere. Someone to prop this guy up. Like, he's married. Do you think that like, he went home and said, hey, it was a fun chat with Bill Maher. And then she goes and looks at it. And like, what the hell? You can't sit in a chair? Here's the perfect length of a nap, according to NASA. I don't know why they should know about naps, but it is NASA. They know some things. The perfect length for a nap is 26 minutes. When you nap for 26 minutes, you'll be 54% more alert and 34% better at whatever you do next. I guess they, you know, they have to plan sleeping times for astronauts, right? I guess. So NASA says 26 minutes? 26 minutes, you're only going to go through the first two stages of sleep. You're not entering the others, which can make you feel groggy or even feel worse when you wake up. Interesting. I mean, I'm usually out now for a couple of hours oh, yeah. when I go down in the afternoon. But there are times where I don't have time for a long nap. I should try and set a 26-minute one, see how that feels. Oh, you'll turn that alarm off and go right back to sleep. <laughs> I know that I've, I've worked with people who cannot nap in the mm. afternoon. It just makes them feel like hell when they wake up. They just feel terrible. For me, I, I this is weird. I uh, I do some very strange dreaming during my nap. I don't feel like I dream that much. 
overnight. All right. But during my nap in the middle of the day, I have some spooky, weird, crazy dreams. Probably means you're not in as deep a sleep cycle. Is that it? Um, could be. Or that there's, you're just hearing a lot of you know, outside noise while you're sleeping. Speaking of outside noise, I got a text yesterday morning. From the lovely uh, Maria, because we text every morning when we get off the air. Right. Yeah, how you doing? She says we had banging at the side of the house at 5 a.m. Oh. And I go, that's so weird. Lucky had the same thing. Last Friday night, um, at about 3 o'clock in the morning, the, our doorbell started ringing. Like, really panicky. Like, yeah. like five, six times in a row. Uh, and uh, to the point where, like, Adrian and I both jumped up, assuming that, like, a neighbor or our house was on fire. Yeah. Uh, and someone was alerting us. And ran. I ran to the front uh, and just looked out the window. There was a car there that honked its horn a few times and then sped off. And that was the end of it. Never, a, like, another indication of... Um, I, like a text from someone or something, no, no report of anything, just that. And then yesterday, in the middle of the afternoon, our garage door opened. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> what is going on? It just, it's a poltergeist in your place. <laughs> it kind of feels like that. Something, something weird is going on. on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you got banging? So, it, yeah, not the proper kind. <laughs> Not the kind I would hope for. <laughs> like in most situations, it happens when you're not home. <laughs> Listen, I have said to the lovely Maria, whatever you do, you do. Just don't do it in our matrimonial bed. <laughs> Go to the clover leaf. I just find if you're going to have an affair or fool around, to do it in the matrimonial bed is really disrespectful. Gotcha. I, I have some rules. <laughs> that's, that's my line in the sand. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, so I, I texted Maria, as I always do, when we get off here. Hey, have a great day. Love you. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, she says, oh, my gosh. She goes, after you left, she goes, shortly after five, I was awoken to four or five big pounding sounds at the side of the house. She said the side of the house, but she couldn't really tell. And then she popped out of bed, and she stayed in the room and, uh, and, and heard nothing more. And then went out a few minutes later to look around, and nothing. Mm. So maybe it's wildlife. Maybe it's this time of year, the spring. You know, animals are all, right. I don't know what's going on. But you've got garage doors opening, and people, yeah, there's... Yeah. There's a full-on folder, guys. Yeah, you? there's something... As Eddie Murphy said, if there's a little girl on the TV, leave the house. <laughs> Let's take a, a little uh, wager here on how uh, fast most of these Oshawa e-scooters will end up in the Oshawa River. Like used up old shopping carts. Now, how can I get my hands on one of these for one of my drunk nights getting home? Uh, they're going to be downtown, and you'll just find them on a sidewalk. Just oh, sure stay you up there. You can go tap on it, and yeah. that's how you get it started. Uh, and and from there you're uh, you're riding and you're you're, good to go. You'll pay uh, for uh, for for your trip, kind of like um, like any other e-sharing or yeah. Uber type program. How fast can an e-scooter go? Uh, I don't know. They're they're you can only use them on streets with a speed limit under fifty. Okay, so I think they could probably go about thirty k. They can go pretty quick. So I can't take this thing on the four hundred one. Probably uh, not. Uh, no, that won't be what you want to be doing. They can be ridden on bike lanes, multi-use trails, pathways, and streets with a speed of fifty k or lower. Uh, not allowed on sidewalks. 
because they carry empties because you know dudes are going to be you're going to see them parked inside of the beer store riders have to be older than 16 all right and uh if you're under 18 you need consent and they have to wear a helmet if you're under 18 hmm. You should always have to wear a helmet. They say not mandatory, but strongly recommended. And these ones apparently have, like, an integrated helmet. I don't know how, I guess it'll have the helmet with it mm. that you can put throw the helmet on if you want, and it'll help direct you and stuff where you're going. Uh-huh. I saw these first uh, in uh, in Colorado, in Denver. Okay. And uh, and I've seen them around in the States in a couple of programs. They have, it, I think there's a few other Canadian cities. I think Brampton has done it as well. Oh, yeah? Already. B-Town, baby. Pretty amazing. You just, you know, see these outside downtown and you want to scoot home. Oh, yeah. And you tap it and off you go. Oh, it's going to be a drunken mistake for many a dude. <laughs> for many a dude. I, you know, in regards to the helmets, I have a little uh, life hack. I, I wear a helmet. Every day in my regular life, I just I walk around with it. You never know. You have to have good head protection. I like the hockey tape with the uh, with your name on it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I think that's I think it's a smart choice, smart uh-huh. decision by Maria to help get you home. It's a good look when you're sitting in your car at an intersection. And I'm just sitting there with my football helmet on. <laughs> and I, of course, I've got the sex helmet at home as well. That's for the fun nights. Studies have found the middle stall in a public bathroom is usually the dirtiest, the grimiest. Dirtiest? The worst. Wow. The first stall cleanest. I would think, well, the first stall I can't disagree with because it's not my first choice. Mm. A little too exposed. <laughs> but the uh, the middle stall would be my next least mm. choice, I would think, just because of the prospect of being surrounded in that uncomfortable environment. Been in some public bathrooms where my first choice is the garbage can outside. (laughs) The first time Google changed its logo to one of its doodles was August 30th, 1998, six days before they even incorporated the company. The doodle was in honor of Burning Man, which is where the two founders were going that weekend. Oh, okay. Can you imagine being those two guys? They needed directions to Burning Man. (laughs) (laughs) We We need an app for this. Six days before they incorporated that company, like what their future was going to hold. Right. Man, oh, man. I mean, it's it's good not to know, you know, where your future lies in a lot of cases because, you know, there's there's no, you know, excitement. The unknown is can be frightening but also exciting. Um, but <laughs> they were probably thinking, man, can we really go up against Ask Jeeves? Right. They're so strong. Or Bing. Yeah. Yeah, right. What are we, crazy? And they absolutely squashed them all. Um, Eight million horses, donkeys, and mules died in World War I. Eight million. Oh, my. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of animals. Before Louis Farrakhan became the head of the Nation of Islam, he was a pretty successful Calypso singer. Really? He went by the Charmer. Or Calypso Gene and recorded several albums. Interesting. Did you have his Christmas album? Like I did. I did not. Calypso, what was I'm the name? I'm stuck with Sparrow. That's the right. Mighty Sparrow. The Mighty Sparrow. Ah, uh, he was a beauty. Do you play the Mighty Sparrow still over Every Christmas? Every Christmas. Ah, uh, that's great. It's that's not good. Christmas without it. No, you can't. It's it's a tradition. It's some for some it's Bing Crosby. Yeah. For you, it's the Mighty Sparrow. The Mighty Sparrow. What I loved about it when you introduced me to it was every song is exactly the same. <laughs> But that isn't the actual album that I listen to. Oh, really? I listen to like the the slow 
He's like the Trinidadian Nat King Cole. He's like the slow jam. You heard the Calypso version of it. Did you ever make the sweet Christmas love to Sparrow? No. Not to him. I mean, <laughs> with him in the background. <laughs> It'd be very awkward. <laughs> it's a tough beat to keep up to. <laughs> um, humans aren't at the top of the food chain. We're actually kind of low because we eat both meat and plants. Right. Our place is roughly the same as pigs. Okay. And anchovies. Anchovies? Well, I guess in, in terms of the sea life. I guess so. That, well, that's that seems way, a bit small. That seems far down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're comparable to a swimming eyebrow? Right. We're way below tigers, crocodiles, and boa constrictors. I'm scared of all of them. Yeah. There's a condition called Cotard's syndrome. That makes people believe they're dead and walking around as a corpse. Okay. Hmm. Right. Sure. Interesting. Whatever floats your boat. In 1949, 75% of Chinese women were illiterate. Today, China has one of the lowest rates of female... Uh, I can't even... Illiteracy? Say. Thank you. <laughs> you can't. I sh- can't live in China. You can't so, read it. I can say illiterate. I couldn't say illiteracy. Yeah, I'll try that again. Today, China has one of the lowest rates of female illiteracy in the world. Look at That's a great stat, though. It's fantastic. Yeah. They also progress. have the highest percentage of self-made female billionaires. Wow. So if you're looking for love, head to China. Right. Queen's original title for Bohemian Rhapsody was the Cowboy Song. <laughs> it makes about as much sense as Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to in my head, sing it with the... Uh, but then they don't ever say Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I know. But, but does it have anything to do with cowboys either? I don't know. Right. I mean, he... Mama just killed a man. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was that. I like this one. The only person with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that's not on the sidewalk is Muhammad Ali. It's actually on the wall of the Kodak Theater because he didn't want people walking on the name Muhammad. Wow. Okay. I like that. And karaoke is a Japanese word that translates to empty orchestra. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.